Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Did you know that Budget Blinds is your home for the Signature Series Shades? I did know, and I would like it's to good say that for you the knew record. that because we've only been trying to tell people about it for a while now. Yeah, I would like to state for the record: all hail our robot shade overlords. Do you know what is even better? Choices, choices as spring approaches. This is your store, and if you are looking to upgrade your home or say, "Hey, maybe you know, you've got some lonely fam, lowly, lowly family of friends across the state line over in Johnson County." There's going to be a budget blinds over there, too. Coming soon, budget blinds of Overland Park. There you go. So we would like to uh, give our congratulations to that. You here in Lee Summit have uh, your hometown backyard blinds and window treatments dealers. And now you can send your friends that live who made the poor, poor decision to live in Johnson County to the budget blinds in Overland Park. And you're going to get the same family treatment that you get here in downtown Lee Summit. So, if after May, you want to go see our friends at Budget Blinds of Overland Park, or if you're right here in the friendly confines of Lee Summit, and you head downtown Lee Summit to our friends, go in there. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbray, and as always, I am joined by a man who has succumbed to the power of the front porch. It is Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. It's been a glorious week. It has. The weather is so nice. And, and like, you know, like we've been struggling like for the last year, all of us to be focused and on, on our games for lots of reasons, which we don't need to belabor here. But man, I tell you what, we like the end is in sight for some of that, and the weather is so good. It's not making me more focused. I have to admit. No, but there's a little bit of freedom about just 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 grabbing the laptop and moving outside and sitting on the front porch. There's a, there's a little bit of a freedom, a little bit of escape, and my focus comes back just a little bit more. Just a little bit, and always Link to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about our very fine city, and our unofficial sponsor today is, unfortunately, COVID fatigue. We're all <laughs> tired. It's been getting hard, Nick, to to really stay on it. I know you and I and uh, the unfortunately unmuzzled Matt Sanning uh, were together this weekend to uh, serve up some burgers and tacos uh, to the, the public out there during the downtown uh, spring open house event, which was, by the way, just a ton of fun. It was great to see everybody. We we raised some money for Lee hey, Summit it, Social Services. Over over six hundred dollars. Over six hundred dollars for, for Lee Summit Social Services. And and we had the opportunity to and there were a lot, a lot of very generous people who came in who uh the my favorite phrase since I was the person primarily in charge of taking money was keep the change. Everybody just told me to keep the change all day long. Uh and it was uh, as the generosity of our community is is, is welcome and and I'm gonna say for on behalf of the three of us, thank you everybody who came out uh, and we really do appreciate you doing that and we hope you enjoyed the uh, the tacos and maybe the burgers and maybe the burgers too. Hey, and here's something cool. It was so much fun and obviously the people of Lee Summit are so good about coming out and supporting these kind of charitable events. Stay tuned. We might be doing it again. 
Jason, the season is upon us. This time it I'm is, not it talking is a, about spring weather. It is officially, finally, fully silly season. That's right. Today, we're going to get to it here in just a minute, but today is our first candidate interview for the upcoming election for two open seats on the Lee Summit R7 Board of Education. There are five candidates. However, one of them, Monty Helm, as we said before, has halted his campaign, so he is no longer seeking that seat. And we are starting this interview with Roderick Sparks, one of the one of three newcomers to to the slate, and then there's one incumbent, Ryan Murdoch. The other two are Michelle Serber and Christine Bushyhead. We are here with Roderick Sparks, a candidate for the Lee Summit R7 School Board. Roderick, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you all doing? Good. We're going to start you off easy. All right. And it's going to get well, probably weirder if not harder from there. Not really um, harder. With our question. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. All right. So we're going to start this way. Why did you choose to run for the Board of Education? You know what? I chose to run because I want to bring a community voice to the board. Um, you know, I think the parent's perspective has um, is missing. And so as a parent, um, uh, a father of two kids that are in the district, I just believe that that's very important. And I also believe that my diverse background, it helps to bring the community together. Um, and then also, you know, being a former union president, um, organizing people um, from all different walks of life, um, different ideas, different perspectives, being able to just walk alongside them um, for the common good. Um, I That's why I'm running. Um, you know, I just think that it's very important that um, that everyone's um, will understand and have a perspective of the community. What union did you represent? United Steelworkers. All right. All yes. right. Well, okay. So I'm gonna. I, I'm actually not gonna go to my first question yet because I want. I want to follow up a, a little bit. You, you said one of the reasons you're running was was that you feel there hasn't been enough parent voice. Um, right. Can you give me an example where you feel like maybe maybe the parents of students in our district weren't being heard? You know, um, what I've been out in the community and I've been talking and we sometimes I think even forget that teachers are parents. Teachers are also, they're a stakeholder, they're part of this community. And many of teachers, they feel like they have not been heard, um, especially with the back and forth of being in school, out of school, um, with not having proper PPE. Um, I think even from a parent perspective, um, you know, students, um, it's important that students are also heard. And so when when parents don't feel that their kids are being heard and that they're not being the focus when it especially pertains to our educational system, that's a problem. Well, let's uh, Jason go. OK, so I, I guess that this raises it always an interesting question for me. Um, sometimes I would say that like people tend to conflate or confuse not getting the outcome they want with not being heard. Um, how do you, I mean, and that's, and I would say in this, in this last year, it's been obviously difficult for public hearings to take place and do that. And so communication has been a challenge, like another, yet another challenge on top of all the challenges that we've had to deal with. How do you think you're going to handle that moment where you are, you come in with a different perspective or a different set of information than you may have had, you may have now and, and are going to tell the parents that come and complain that they're not going to get what they think they want. You know, I, one of the things I believe is when um, parents feel, um, when they feel heard and when there is open communication, 
I think it's not so much getting their way. I think it's about just being able to have that dialogue and that openness to where that they know that there's honesty and that they know that they can trust the people that they're hearing from. And so that's what I want to bring is I just want to be able to bring honesty. I want them to be able to trust me. And that starts with communication. One of the things you, you, you just said earlier was, uh, you know, teachers are parents in the district too. Um, you mentioned in your, in your responses to our Q&A, which, which as of the time that this, this, posts, uh, po- this podcast posts, your Q&A will be on, be on, our, on our website at linktoleesummit.com. But you said in one of your answers in there that there had been a breach between teachers and the administration. And this brings up kind of an interesting point that we, we've tried to explore over the last four years or so. And we did again last week with a, a former teacher and administrator, Dr. Schuler. Um, you know, really as a board member, that role is kind of removed from the teachers a little bit because the board members oversee the superintendent that they hire. So, so really when you're talking about that breach between administration and teacher, what, what do you think the role of the board of education is? So the, the role of the board is like you said, is number one, it is to hire the superintendent and to manage him. Um, it, what it is not to do it, it, it and I would agree that it is not to, um, intermingle with administrators, teachers of that sort. Um, but what it is to do is, is to hire the superintendent, is to manage um, that he's going to do the job. And it's also to make sure that we manage a budget um, being uh, fiscally responsible. Um, but also, I think it's very important that we hear from teachers and we hear from the groups. Um, so even though it's not um, necessarily important that um, that the board and the teachers have a relationship, but we should be hearing what the teachers have to say. And then we should be reporting that back to the superintendent and allow him to do what he's been hired to do. I want to ask you a little bit more about collaboration then with the, those teachers and getting those voices. And I want, I want to read something that, that you said in your, in your responses on our survey. You said, I do not believe in centralized power making decisions without the input of those that these decisions affect. And later on, then you said, uh, this school year, we have witnessed a number of decisions by board leadership that were devoid of collaboration with teachers in the district, students, and families. Can you give me an example there of what, of what you're talking about? You know what? I think it's very simple. You know, we've had teachers that had no input on even when it came to um, how their classes should be um, set up, if on even PPE. Um, you know, when I talk to teachers, and when I talk, um, when I talk to them, they really just feel like that decisions were being made without any input from them, um, and so that's that's devastating. Um, that we're making decisions without talking to those that those decisions are going to affect. You know, they felt unsafe. You know, I had a teacher that said that she couldn't even go to the restroom. That's 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 hard. And I think if we would talk to teachers then we would make sure that teachers would be able to have those times to go to the restroom. Well, okay. So, so let me, let me follow up then with this. If you are elected, if you are a member of the board, how are you, how do you think you can make things different? It it starts with relationship building. And so I would like to have, like I've been doing um, this entire um, um, campaign and that is talking to individuals, getting their perspective. That doesn't mean that we agree but you have to have that dialogue and it has to be an open dialogue with honesty and integrity. 
So that's what my plan is. And that's what I want to do is I want to be able to have that open dialogue. But also it's very important that we increase the transparency amongst the board and um, the teachers. So you, in your, in your answers, you gave the, um, I think it was, was it one to 10 or was it one to seven? One to seven. One to seven. Okay. Which is a weird rating system, by the way. I want to take a moment. That way, this will not be the last time I refer to this. I I like to do things a little different. So, uh, but you gave, uh, you gave the, the district's response right square in the middle uh, of four or C as you, for those of you who are not uh, watching this video or instead listening on the audio <laughs> Just had flashbacks to bad grades in school. Well, I was like, yeah, Nick was very familiar with that number, that letter. So, um, and, but, and so you gave them a pretty, and, and I think one of the things that stuck with me is you said that, um, that there were times in this when Dr. Buck's recommendations or the administration's recommendations were overridden by the board. And, uh, but I would say at the at the same time, you're talking about here about like bringing in outside stuff to make sure that you have that thing. So there are there is inevitably, and in fact, you could argue that the the last you know six years of the district's uh, life is is really a study in how the board and the superintendent do or don't get along. Um, but uh, in, in that point, how do you how do you want to fix that? thing. Well, there are going to be times when the board and the superintendent disagree. Where do you find that balance? I think it's very, before decisions are made, there has to um, be conversations and there has to be input from everyone. But when we talk about um, Dr. Buck, you know, you mentioned um, that I stated that uh, the board, they kind of sometimes can override the superintendent. That's not what the board's job is. We hire Dr. Buck and a superintendent to do a job. We pay him very well. I think it's no secret with the wasted tax dollars that we've had with the last two superintendents. And so when we pay a superintendent to do a job, I believe that the board should have done their due diligence to make sure that they have a qualified board um, 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 superintendent and someone that they can trust that they believe um, that's going to do the job and do it well. And so as Dr. Buck give recommendations to the board, we need to trust him. Our job is not to create policies on the dais and then move in whatever direction um, separate um, from the recommendations that he gives um, to the board. How does how do how do you fit in if you if you are if you are elected to that position? How do you think you can communicate those things to the other members of the board so that? And I'm going to give an example. Just recently, right when we we came back from the holiday breaks. The administration had made a recommendation of how to re-enter school, and the board made a decision that that really hadn't even been thought about much by the administration. So if you're on that board, how do you maybe influence others or, or put your perspective into play there? You know what? I think we have to approach it from empathy standpoint, from humility, but then also with building relationships. And so when I, you know, we have to understand that we're a board. So that means we have to work together. And it's not about me getting credit, but it's about me being able to work with the other uh, members of the board and what's the best decision for our kids. And so that's what approach I would take is working together um, and doing it from a very humbled um, standpoint of saying it's not about a me and it's not about you, but it's really about what's the best decision for our kids. I want to get a little bit specific here because okay. 
I have I have been in this business for 25 plus years. I've covered Lee Summit for a lot, a lot of years. There's your resume Summit. time for you, Roger. Yeah, <laughs> for that with, with Lee Summit Journal. But look, every candidate for the Board of Education says, I'm going to fix transparency and I'm going to have better dialogue. Roderick Sparks, how are you? You know, give me some specifics here. How are you actually going to improve those things? By bringing uh, my personal, but also professional, um, um, diverse background to the board. And so, like I mentioned, being the president of the United Steelworkers, you know, there's people that don't agree. There's grievances that fly out of the air. But one of the things that you have to do is you have to show leadership. And so what I would do is I would bring leadership. Um, to the board. And when you say specific things, it starts with trust. We have to trust one another when we have to be willing to work together. But then we also have to be able to understand um, that um, um, everyone's different. And, and even though we may have differences, we have to be able to see what is the common, what do, what do we have that we can work together on and how can we move forward? And then ultimately we cannot forget our kids. So when I say that um, you, you know, when, when, when the question is, is how do you do it? You don't forget the kids. You keep them in the center of every decision that's made without forgetting all of the other stakeholders. I want to, I want to kind of insert a little bit of, of, of a follow-up that here, because I think you're, you're talking about a, a, what, what you will perceive as a problem with the current board. So if you were elected, you there are some things you want to change. What do you think if you're elected as you settle in there? What's something that maybe you 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 think you're going to have to learn, right? What what do you think is going to be a hindrance for you to settle in to to a spot on this board and in this position? You, you know what? I don't I'm not going in with the approach of of necessarily what it's going to take for me to settle in. Um the now will I have to learn a lot? Oh yes. I I would be the first to say that I don't know it all. And I believe that there's going to be things that I'm going to have to learn. And so that's why it's important that there's collaboration amongst the other board members. I have to be able to glean uh, to their expertise. I have to glean into what their backgrounds are and the things that they know and their knowledge. And so that's what I would like to do is I want to join the team, not take over the team. This is, this is why he'll be a better candidate for anything than I would ever be, because I'd be like, I know everything, and I'm going to be in charge, and that, that'd, go, that'd go about as well as you would expect. As this is out. usually where I turn Jason off, and he's not yeah, on the show honestly, anymore. that's fair. <laughs> kind of on that same theme theme about, about learning, Roderick. So based on what you know, what are some lessons maybe that, that the district – can have learned through the last through the last year. You know, we're talking about virtual, we're talking about hybrid, all these things, right, that we've we've had to do to get through. And I don't want to I don't want to get into the the debate of were choices made right or wrong. Because well, first I'll tell you my personal opinion, there were no right answers. But but I don't think that's important. I think what's more important is is as you look to become a member of this group to help lead the district, what do you think are some important lessons that we have learned? Well, I think that's exactly what we have to do. So we have to learn the lessons um, from the past. Um, but then I think we also have to be able to co improve community um, communication. We have to learn that. That is so big. Um, and then we be able to. We have to also involve the stakeholders. And so 
for me, those would be the two that I think that we really have to learn is we have to really um, involve our stakeholders, but then also we have to be able to have that dialogue and that communication um, with everyone that decisions are, are affecting. We asked you and, and all of the candidates to rate the district and their, their response to, to the pandemic. You, you gave the district a four again out of seven. Largely because you said the summer months weren't used wisely to plan for the year. One of the things you mentioned was you you were under the impression, your perspective was that there was a lack of planning and this word again, transparency. So here's, uh, here's where I'm going to ask you a little bit difficult of you. Knowing what you knew then, not what you know now, knowing what you knew then, what would you have recommended differently? I would have recommended us to talk to the teachers because they are our biggest asset when it comes to teaching our kids. Um, and then also they would have been able to play a much um, bigger role in train in getting training with virtual learning um, because virtual learning was something that was new for our district. And so I think if those would have been some conversations um, that would have been a little bit more deeper to where teachers had more input, um, I think that would have really helped um, but then also, I think that we should have also um, had some leverage on some of those community relationships um, to make sure that our kids could have stayed in school safely. And that means they would have been able to wear their masks. They would have been able to be socially distanced um, from the CDC. And back then, it was six foot. And so I think if we would have leaned on some of those relationships, I think we would have been able to keep our kids in school. And so I just think they had the time during the summer um, to be a little bit more proactive and not reactive. Let me ask you this then. We talk again, I'm going to go back to this whole role of the board. Okay. Is that your role? What you, all those things you just said, is that really your role as, as a member of the board or is that the role of the administration? It is the role of the administration, but it's also the role of the board to hold the superintendent, the superintendent accountable. And so it's important that those conversations um, should have been um, related to the superintendent. But then also it's the board role to um, to see improvement. And so so, yes, it is the board's role um, to be able to see what's the best decisions and the best policies for our kids. And so um, the answer is yes, it is. All right. All right, well, Nick, it's time. It's time then, I think, this for the is wrap the hard up question. question. This, is the, this is the only question in which there is an actual correct answer. Roderick, we started this last year, and it's really this is a community-wide debate and, and vital to the future of Lee Summit. If I were to put in front of you two plates, one plate held burgers and the other plate held tacos, <laughs> which one are you choosing? All right, you're putting me on the spot. That's I'm the. Fine. This is the point of this question: is putting you on the spot. I'm going to choose burgers. Oh, oh, it's the, it's the wrong, wrong answer. answer. Oh, it's the wrong oh. answer. I really had hope there. I had high hopes. Well, you know, look, the heart wants what it wants. And don't, don't, I, don't be so hard on me. Uh, <laughs> I, I like burgers over tacos. I'm sorry. That's you know. Look, I'm going to say this. Everybody is entitled to their opinion, even when they're wrong. 
Roderick Sparks, I want to thank you for for giving us a little bit of time, for giving the the people and the voters of Lee Summit uh, your time and your perspective. Thank you for 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 being willing to serve. We appreciate it. And that will wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody next time. Thank you. Thank you, Roderick. Roderick, thank you. That was awesome.